Hello everybody, welcome back. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about this little article I found on Wales Online, which is my hometown's national website for information. And it involves this woman whose name was Mary Jane Kelly. One, there's two reasons, actually two reasons why I want to talk about this subject. One, she's from Wales, allegedly. And two, she was the youngest and the most, well, the final Jack the Reaper victim. So I thought this would be an interesting topic I found online. I was doing some research, I was bored one night. And I'm always, I've always had a fascination over serial killers, which is quite dangerous. But nonetheless, I'm going to talk about it today. So we start off, um, Jack the Reaper, his murders got progressively more depraved before they accumulated in the death of Mary Jane Kelly in his squared one room hovel in London's Whitechapel. The details are truly disturbing. The extent to which her body was mutilated inside and out, deeply distressing. It's this that yeah, it's this that has defined her identity over the last 130 years. It has all of the women believed to have been murdered by the killer known as Jack the Reaper in 1888. A recently published book sheds more light on these women. This article came out in September this year, so it's up to date. A recently published book sheds more light on these women's lives than ever before. Outside of their immediate families and circles, few people cared who they were in the late 19th century. But the extraordinary level of research and detail in the five by Haley Rubenhold gives a much fuller picture of who they were and how their lives ended up as they did. And this is bringing us to Mary Jane Kelly, as we, as I learned on this, was actually from Wales apparently. <clears throat> so, according to the book, Mary Jane emerged in London's other market sex scene around five years before her death at the age of 25. Now, we all know Jack the Reaper had a fit for people who was in the sex market or the prostitution scene at that time. That's where his MO seemed to be a lot. Um... Significantly younger than Reaper's other victims in the past. The story she told about herself contains some truth and some fiction, but no one has ever been able to ascertain which parts were which by Rubenhold. Uh, Mary Jane told some people she was Welsh, that her parents, who had discarded her, still lived in Cardiff, which was the capital city of Wales, of South Wales, well, yeah, or Wales together, really. And as she had left Cardiff directly for London, a newspaper report in the days after her death read, there is every reason to believe she is Welsh and that her parents or relatives reside in Cardiff. It is also reported that she was from a well-to-do family in the city and was an excellent scholar and artist of no mean degree. It says she began, she became ill in Cardiff and spent eight or nine months in a family before she fell in 
with a female cousin who followed a bad life. And this may have been her route into the world of, you guessed it, prostitution. However, Ruben Hogg explains how much of a long stay in perfectly founded hospital at the time would have been highly unlikely. It is more profitable that this soldier was at a private institution, perhaps a reformity for women or an asylum. Either of these two options would have been an op- appropriate recourse of a middle sex, a middle class family whose daughter had the de- transgressed social norms by engaging in sexual in, yeah, in sex outside of marriage. At the time, Cardiff has at least two such refugees for fallen women, the House of Mercy next to Waterloo Gardens in Rolf and the Convent of the Good Shepherd in Penlen, which was knocked down to make way for the A448 road, which is our motorway system. But according to another version of her story, she was born in Limerick Island in 1863 before her father brought the family of nine siblings across the Irish Sea, settling for a time either in, okay, I can't pronounce that, <laughs> or Carmarthen, yeah, before she moved to Cardiff after the death in an explosion of her cow minor husband with the surname Davis or, or Davis, who she was married at the age of 16. Another author, Rick Burglar, in his book, Creepy Carmarthen, says that although the details are sketchy and difficult to confirm, Mary Jane may have arrived in Carmarthen in the late 1860s when her father found a job working in an iron foundry he says that after being widowed, she may have taken a job in the Stepnin Hotel in Lanny, working as a maid. Uh, Burglar says she also spoke fluent Welsh, and it may well be that having been brought up in Carmarthen, she learned to read and write in Welsh rather than English. For us over here in Wales, uh, we do have two types of languages, obviously. We have the Welsh and we have the English. Where I live, most of the people speak English. It's a very English-speaking country. In other parts of Wales, or city, I should say, in other parts of Wales, we got the thing called the valleys, where it's like more of a, the small towns live. And many of the people over there do speak a lot more Welsh than they do over here in Cardiff. Welsh is taught in Cardiff in some schools, so some Welsh is um, some Welsh is necessary to be spoken in in school, but outside of school, it's mainly English, I guess, spoken. Um, but, but going back to this article a minute, but Reuben Hold says the most gabbling. Gaffling Hole in the accounts of her life is why she left Cardiff for London's West End, something which single women simply do not do in the 19th century unless there was a family connection or a job waiting. She ended up in London's Knightsbridge, where she worked for a processor who facilitated meetings between women and male clients, which are 
have involved nights at plush, but disrespect restaurants, drinking champagne and eating oysters before going to an equally disrespect hotel or woman's login. Okay, so that's enough for what I've read so far. That, that involves Cardiff, Wales, or Wales, Cardiff. Now, obviously, reading this article, it's tricky to really know for sure where she actually was born and where she actually lived over the years. Because some say England, some say Wales, some say Ireland. I've never heard of her living in Wales. I've never really heard of her at all. So she she's never been brought up. Obviously, Wales is, is a big country and Cardiff's a big city. There's nothing about her name that resembles any bowels in my head. I've never heard her name mentioned in public before. I've not seen anything to do with her, like listed around Cardiff or any other part of Wales. So this is something to be taken with a grain of salt. Um, You know, one of the reasons why I found this interesting is because Wales, for the most part, it's a quiet country. It's not known for any crimes. It's not known for any controversy or anything like that. There's nothing really to talk about when it comes to Wales in terms of negativity, if you will. We got the rugby, which we're very passionate about. Um, we got, you know, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. We've got that which we're very passionate about, or some of us are very passionate about. I, myself, am not a really, really big fan of either one, so it doesn't really bother me. We have Welsh celebrities, Tom Jones, the singer, Catherine Seeta-Jones, the actress, Anthony Hopkins, the legendary actor as well, and many other celebrities. I've been born in Wales, so we got a little bit of culture there, and we got a little bit of a, um, awareness, if you will. But nothing overall really screams, oh yes, Wales, I've heard of Wales, I've been to Wales, you know, I've heard of this about Wales, I've heard about that from Wales. Um, one common thing is that Wales, for people who live in England, English and the Welsh don't really get along as such. They are rivals, if you will, especially in the rugby. So I find it interesting that how, you know, back then, this woman might have actually lived in Wales. Uh, one of the areas is listed was Roth. That's in Wales. I, I know where that is. Carmarthen? Carmarthen? I'm not too sure. I've never been there. But, you know, this article seems very interesting. And I'm very much curious into the history of Jack the Reaper. I've always been curious about killers who've never been caught. That's always been an interest for me. I don't know why. I remember watching a documentary years ago on the um, Zodiac killer, which is from America, and he was never caught. That was fascinating to me. Like This guy was never caught. How is that possible? And the same thing goes with Jack the Reaper. He was never caught. How is that possible? That we know of. He was never caught. So there's always been a fascination there. I find it more interesting, more mysterious, and more thrilling to know that this killer, or these killers, got away with their crimes 
somehow, some way. In today's world, that will never be a thing. Of course, technology is so great that we'll probably be able to spot, you know, we'll be able to get into an investigation and figure out the A to B and the overall story within no problem. But back then, technology was not there. So I think they had a lot more free will, if you want to say like that. Like, there was not many cameras around. Lights, there were not many lights around in the streets. And, you know, there's not many people around, I'm sure, in some places. So again, you had a lot of advantages, advantages, I should say, if I pronounce it right, to get away of your crimes than you will today. So I think that's part of the recent, the history of how these killers managed to get away. So with Jack the Reaper, I have many questions when it comes to this killer. How, is he, how did he get away? Is he still alive? Probably not. How did he die? Um, what made him decide to quit doing what he's doing? Where did he end up living? Like, how? What was his secret to find, like, staying hidden for so long? It's so many questions like that that really get me intrigued. I love this sort of topic because it's so different. And it's so interesting that no one's really going to talk about it as such. This isn't a normal, everyday conversation, I guess you could say. And you can't go to your friends and family like, hey, let's talk about Jack the Reaper. No. It takes a specific amount of people to actually want to talk about a subject like Jack the Reaper or a Zodiac Killer or Charles Manson or anybody like that. It takes a specific kind of people who are very intrigued and very much devoted to this sort of information that would want to talk about this subject. So thank you very much for listening, guys. If you'd like to leave a voicemail note on Anchor, please do. I'm not sure if it works for anybody who does not use the Anchor app, so if that's a problem, please feel free to contact me on social media. Like I obviously promote this podcast or any of my podcasts on social media, so... If you see it in the comments section and you have listened to it and you like it, please leave a message down in the comments section or you can private in message me. Um, I will be doing a lot more social media promotion soon. I'm going to try link more social media links to my podcast. I will be thinking about creating a website on Wix at some point soon to try help my podcast that way. So some things are coming. I just don't know how and when. So be patient with me all, if you are a follower of mine. Until then, thank you very much for listening once again, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much.